two poets laureate today on Scribble. Welcome to Scribble, 30 minutes of conversation, comments, and reviews on reading and writing, editing, publishing, and selling books. I'm Rebecca Wee. And I'm Don Wooten. Rebecca, of course, is a former poet laureate, but so is today's guest, Dale Hockey, on Scribble. A poet must not be cocky unless his name's Dale Hockey. <laughs> I am well, I am humbled in the presence of Rebecca Wee. I will tell you that every time. Oh. Let's get that clear. Um, <laughs> and that's not my line. That's Don's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh. Earlier on in... Um, in Saturday Morning Live, I would have you over rather frequently to read poems. And uh, the thing that fascinated me is he has an, an exhaustible supply of these things. Mm-hmm. I, I Yeah, I remember um, uh, one time, and I've been writing most of my life, but there was a period of time where I was just so incredibly busy with my, my job and family and trying to do the best I could. Um, uh, and... I said I've got to I've got to get a, a shot in the arm. So I went to Com University where Rebecca was teaching a class, and it was so incredibly inspiring. Aww. It was so inspiring that I it rejuvenated my poetic life. And someone asked my my wife, um, you know, how's how's Dale doing? Well, he's cranking out poems like donuts. She said, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not always sweet. In fact. Uh-huh. They're about all these D's, death, destruction, depression, despair. Mm-hmm. And my family said, don't you ever write anything happy? <laughs> and I said, leave me alone. <laughs> no, well, life is life is dark and hard. <laughs> yes, I mean, what that's what's worth writing about. Uh, now, granted, I... Um, in the few I brought today, I have a little bit of a variety, but... Uh, there's some there's some tougher ones. That's yeah. we have that discussion in in poetry classes every semester, every year. Students are wondering why poems are so dark and depressing, and they're apologizing for writing dark and depressing poems. And I think half worried that I'm going to call them into my office and say, <laughs> "Are you okay?" <laughs> and and you know we end up having some really interesting discussions about why that is why are so many poems heavy and you know one of the one of the sort of easy answers i suppose is when all is going well you're just out in the world living it and when things are painful and hard we're trying to figure it out and one of the ways for writers to figure it out is to go to the page you process and, it yeah. yeah yeah that you're trying to Trying to work through it, trying to figure it out, and right, rather than hit somebody. You yeah, write a poem. that's a good way. <laughs> yeah, to look. yeah. Uh, it. Um, you know, this is what this is what tends to come out, and people that know me, they know me as this 
sunny, bubbling personality, optimistic, mm -hmm, happy, mm -hmm. and then they go, oh, boy, your poetry is just the opposite of who you uh, are. I go, well, you know, it's just what I write. Sorry. No, yeah. it's the happy guy that's the fake, the real Dale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the real Yeah, it's like... Um, for 44 years, oh. I've, I'm a poet masquerading as a lawyer. I yeah. mean, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. I, I, that's the way I feel. And yeah. yeah. Well, you dropped the mask, and now you're just poetry, huh? Well, I, I quote, retired, unquote, December 31, but I have some cases that are extremely difficult, and I'm still working uh, quite hard to wrap up these cases before I can really... Yeah. Say, call it a day. It'd uh, be yeah. kind of unethical to just drop these clients in mid-case. And um, so I'm bound and determined to um, to finish them. My, my wife says, what kind of retirement is this when you're working <laughs> 55 hours a week? <laughs> saying, well, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying, trying to, to get, get to there. the... Uh -huh. so women, women are more sensible than men and very direct. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's 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 my fault. I probably should have planned better. But these are tough cases, and you just, yeah, I, you know, it, I've got people opposing me. I can't just do what I want. I've got lawyers opposing what I'm trying to right. do. So, so how long do you figure you've got to finish cases? Are you talking a month or two? A yes, year? Two, two months. Two, two months. months. Okay. May thirty-one is really my drop dead date, and after that, if if. We're not quite at the finish line. Somebody else is going to have to finish. And, and the in. problem is in the Central District of Illinois, there's really nobody else except a nice guy in Peoria, and he's already conflicted out yeah. of at least one of them. So. But that's it's better you know, to write poetry. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, better, yeah much, much better. So well, let's hear some. Yeah, let, let's hear a poem. Well, all right. Uh, speaking of, um, I did bring uh, four, and, you know, you always wonder what to read. Uh -huh. what, what 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 should you read? You know, who am I reading to? Um, uh, sometimes you read for yourself. I mean, that's yeah. that's my favorite audience. Um, <laughs> uh, not not a critical one. You know what you're no. going to say about no. <laughs> to quote Rebecca Wee: "Do not fall in love with your own work." Yeah. You know, I mean, and I try and keep that in mind, and it just never sinks in. Um, well, that, and, you know, you can fall in love with it. You just have to – it's like falling in love with a person. You can't you, – you can't believe that there will be nothing complicated about it, that there will be nothing – that later you'll look at and go, wait a minute, why did I say that? Why? Yeah. What did I mean? What What was going on? Yes, so, yes. Yeah. And so in addition to reading for <clears throat> myself, well, should I be reading for other poets? Well, I think that's a good idea. You know, mm -hmm. I like I like the idea of reading to other poets and, ha and finding out what they think. Um, but we're on a radio show, and yeah. it would be, I think, the best idea to try and read for the, the audience. So I brought a... Variety uh, today, and uh, I, I brought a, a kind of a heavy one that I'm going to start with, and um, I'm going to uh, then read a, a kind of humorous one, which of course is about the bubonic plague. So you oh, know, nice. that's how humorous I can get. Um, and and, uh, and I have an inspirational one, so we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes here. All right. Um, the 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 first the first one is uh, one that I was. Uh, in November, I was lying awake. I was in the north of Spain. I had 
16 hours of plane rides and, and everything, <laughs> and I'm lying in bed that night, and my heart's fluttering, and I couldn't sleep, and it's total darkness, and I felt around for a pencil in my bag, <laughs> and I felt around for a piece of paper, and I lighted my phone. Is it blank paper? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I start scratching in the total darkness. My, my wife says, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, I'm writing a poem. Now? I said, why not? So I... You got to get them down when they come. You got to get them down. And I, so I got a kernel. I got some things out of it. And then I I, I worked on it, and um, this one happens to be the third substantive draft, and, and it's called. We're, okay, we're a third of the way into the program. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Th- this one, this one is called Birch Forest. I was lost again among the birches, unforgiving, anonymous in their haughtiness, in their unspoken monotony. Rucksack empty, I think, except those iffy berries, unrecognizable and bitter. A little dizzy now, in a dolly painting without light or heat, the blinding snow, the silent trees. Pushing forward, or in a circle, I cannot be sure. A false light, only the moonstruck trees, starless gray sky, Nothing to go by, the coefficient of uncertainty. Faint footsteps behind, or the sound of my heart beating. Still, toes throbbing in a hopeless rhythm. No nuts left to munch on, but behind me, vague footfalls. Stop and go as I try to listen, as I try to orient myself. Childhood dreams enter too much. Push on. Sleepy now. The crack of a gun or a birch laughing in not-so-silent taunting, haunting. And then the nightmare now trudging. Nowhere to go, to go, to go. Push on under the pale light of the in- inhuman moon. Cold and distant, its chill ricocheting across the razor straightness of the birches, the birches, the birches. Pencil beginning to fade now, and then a new smell spread upon my face, the sweat of prey across my brow, and then. And then. And then. <laughs> And that's prey as in P-R-E-Y, right? You bet. Yep. You bet. It's an ars poetica, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it. So my students are working on those, the art of poetry, where you write poems about writing poems or what poems are or where they come from or why you do it. You know, there's a... that sounds like so. So, did you wake up from from a dream, and that's part of what you're doing? Or I don't you know think if it... I, I I don't think I woke up from a brain a dream. I just thought there were a couple lines, and I just saw myself. Then you went there, and then I went there. Uh huh. Yeah. And 
the next morning I couldn't even read some of what I had written. Sure. And of course, this was <laughs> yeah. The, on the envelope was only the kernel, you know, a, a part of a stanza here, a part of a stanza, but the the idea and, um, and the I mood. also the mood or the, the mood, tone of it too. The darkness, the aloneness, the you know. I don't think about death much, but my heart was just you know racing that that night, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking. You know, what if this is the end? Well, let's at least get one poem. Get one last poem. <laughs> yeah, Isn't I, that interesting? You know, we, we talk about end times. Once I got terribly sick in uh, Springfield, went to a gourmet restaurant where you can always get food poisoning. <laughs> and uh, I was so sick, I thought this is the end. And I passed out. And I went through one of those things where you suddenly see yourself. You're above yourself, and you see yourself mm-hmm. lying in bed. Mm-hmm. And then I was on a platform in Paducah, Paducah Kentucky, talking to my father, oh. who asked, how oh. are you, Don? And then zip, zip, I was back, and I woke up. Oh, so, my goodness. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's quite And something. I thought, my goodness, I think I was close to something bad there. Yes, yes. Well, the out-of-body experiences where you like you described, where you're sort of looking down at yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's been documented as maybe a, you know, almost death experience, but also just a kind of traumatic, yeah. you know, you leave yourself and you look down on yourself and you say, shape up, you know, get up, go do something, yes, write move, a poem, move, do write whatever poem, you're going to you know, do. Be real. I don't, don't want to delay the next poem, but some schizophrenics have this system of being uh, this problem of being all over the room. Hmm. They have trouble gathering themselves into one. Yeah. That's an extreme form of schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah. But you're not there yet, Dale. Um, well, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> there's, a fine line between, so, yeah. there's a fine line between the art and the madness. Yes, <laughs> Andre Breton put that in the, the like, the very beginning of his uh, manifest on surrealism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fool's secret, I spend my life in its pursuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're halfway through the program. Oh, now. okay. okay. All right. now, so I promised, a, I promised a, a humorous poem. So, of course, this is about the bubonic plague. Okay. Um, Why not? Now, uh, the Newberry Library in Chicago is an absolutely fantastic place. I think all of your listeners should immediately get a ticket go to the Newberry library and w- you can you can hold in your hands incunabula you know books in the, the first 50 years of printing you can sit there and you can look at old maps that from mm-hmm. 15 1600 it's a great place so we go there once in a while just to kind of enjoy that part of chicago and they had there there was an exhibit um, actually it was just a hallway with separate glass exhibits, and they talked about the bubonic plague hitting London in 1665, and they would create weekly bills of mortality per weekend of who died Hmm. and what they died from. And these were called uh, bills of mortality. Now, the reason I wanted to write a poem about it is the actual causes of death in the 1600s and 1665 were rather humorous, Uh, as as you will see. So this poem is entitled, At the Newberry Library, Bills of Mortality. Chronicling the deaths of the sick and the weak, this London Gazette 
diseases and casualties, dryly catalogued each duly departed, tracking the plague each week. 1,083 in this report, but alas, one starved at Stepney. And 12 were stillborn. Poor things, were their souls released? And the 47 who perished from teeth? Forgot to floss, no doubt. <laughs> and some from flux, and others from flocks, and smallpox, and Frenchpox, not to mention those snatched by the rising of the lights. The ten that expired from worms, and the two from wind, were those related, dear God, to the thirty-five cut down by griping in the guts? And if not for these dreadful exits, the king's evil took two. Was he informed of this treason? Perhaps so, resulting in the lad who expired and was listed as frighted. Literally so. But finally, some good news. For one contented being departed this earth in happiness and in sloth, drowned in a brewer's well at Savior's Southwark, confident, I am sure, that his Savior, at Southwark, by the way, wondered why that day, with not a hint of malice, instead of the wine, there was beer in his chalice. <laughs> oh, it's a catalog poem, and you're right. It's it's grim in as far as it's about death, but it's hilarious in terms of how it's remembered or how it's listed. Yes, and it's... yes, and there are so many more of this list. There's like 80, and wow. I could have added another 30, but the poem was just about the right length for me. I ran out of paper at the bottom, and that was sure. the end. You know? I love the king's evil. Yeah. Yeah. That, I've always said that, the king's evil. The king's evil. <laughs> the king's, and the, the flocks and the flux and the smallpox and the French pox. Oh, no. I mean, there were just oxes all over the place floating around. And that's where, so you're working off a list and the sound of it, but also the information takes you somewhere you wouldn't have gone necessarily on your own, right? Right. So right. And I wanted to save the drowned in the <laughs> drowned in the brewers well at Southwark uh-huh. <laughs> for the final one because that was like I said, alas some good news. The poor guy drowned in beer. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. We're two thirds of the way through now, so we can read a third poem. <laughs> okay. Well now this one this one is neither um well I guess it's dark. It's 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 kind of random, it's kind of hectic, it's kind of surreal. Uh, I wrote this one in 2009, not recently, but like the first two. And I want to make clear one thing. This is not about me. It is not about my profession. I loved my job. I love my job. I, I have no regrets in, you know, regarding my life except uh, maybe being a Cub fan. There's, there's just uh, – so. but this is, this is uh, a little bit um, – this is random and surrealistic. It's called Rearview Mirror. What exactly is there left of silence now that you have murdered it with your faded semaphore flags protruding from your careless sapphire lips? What ransom did you pay for this confused and dizzy narrator now that you have seen his disillusionment up close and lain in sheep's clothing? of stained-glass dreams, 
hoping for the daffodils to bloom in the sad and dark November. Where are the scented memories of your youth, now that you have pecked your way horizontally through time and waved the checkered flag of indecision until there is nothing left to hope for? Why do you stand here in your quicksand suit when everyone else just smiles at you in paisley dentures, and you can't recall the most important thing to do while ambition drips away in filtered shadows. But the answers all are echoes, drifting life among the demons, where the nomads make the rules, and the silence isn't golden after all. Yeah, I... I can see you in the courtroom. Uh, <laughs> I love the quicksand suits. That just came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. So, like I said, it's kind of random. It's kind of surreal. It's, um, there are just, you know, odd images being mm-hmm. thrown in there. And you kind of come and go. It's like a carnival and. It's Dale hockey is what it is. <laughs> well, there you, you, you have a potpourri of, of different thoughts in there. Well, and the idea of rearview mirror, seeing things as they've gone by or in the past or larger or smaller than in real life, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. works really and, well. You know, uh, are you a regular at Quint City Poets still? Yes, I go there. I try and go there uh, first Wednesday of mm-hmm. every month when our fearless leader, Catherine Searle, mm-hmm. um, who I believe was on your program last yeah. week, mm-hmm. um, uh, she is our, she's been doing uh, a great job of ushering us uh, uh, through, even through um, COVID, we, we went online. I can't always make it, but I love the fact that it forces you to write a, one or two new poems and you, whatever state they're in, you throw them out there, and people do not hold pull punches. You know, they, they yeah, and 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 it's really it's it's nice. Uh, you know, you're you're confident. You, you you find something you really like, and they go ah. I will remind you when I read a poem there, everybody had something to say, and you said, "I'll give you my critique later," and I have never, ever received that critique <laughs> i i you know it's interesting the other day uh, about a month ago i came across um i believe you spelled them just out of comic relief p-o-m-e-s poems <laughs> and um you know uh, the funny thing is my some of my critique i didn't think i, I kind of changed my mind about a little i thought they were better in like my eighth reading than they were in the first seven yeah, <laughs> that's good. That Boy, is good. That's nice. Did he weasel out of that or not? <laughs> weaseling, weaseling is my middle name. <laughs> All right. Oh, Do we have time for the? Okay, oh, yes. the All last right. one. Right. Um, this one is what I would call an inspirational one, maybe a little bit maudlin, sentimental, but. Our son got into a very uh, excellent school, and uh, he's a very humble fellow, And um, but he's also confident, and he, he was uh, terrific, very elite school. And about two months before he was going, he was sitting on our stairs, and I saw kind of his head in his hands. I said, what's wrong with you? What's happening? He said, I, um, 
I don't know if I can do this. Do what? I don't know if I can cut the mustard at this school. I said, are you kidding? You? Mm-hmm. But it will take all of you. Mm-hmm. And when we went to the school, they had this final little orientation, and then they said, and they had a little uh, talent show. It was very well done. And they said, parents, five-minute warning. You're out of here in five minutes. We'll take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. And by the way, those magic markers, these windows on both sides of this lounge, write whatever you want. We'll try and keep that all year for your kids. And I sketched out a little poem called All of You. And I got home, and after a while, I wrote it, and um, this is what it, this is how it came out. All of you, just be yourself. It is enough, so long as it is all of you. No less, not a jot less. Push the envelope, but do not tear it, unless you are sure it is worth it. Stretch the fabric of that marvelous mind, and mind you mend whatever fences need mending. Remembering, always remembering, that we are one, as woven by John Donne. Dream of your journey, but insist on sitting at the front of the bus. Grounded in that quest, true to yourself, at your best it is enough. Don't put on airs, but pull on all the oars. You chose Stanford because you saw all willing to be pulling with you. And the ship slides from its slip with all on board. All aboard. Just be yourself. It is enough. Very good. Oh, my. Very good. And you got all four poems in the program. <laughs> and we got a couple minutes to spare. I, I, I've, been in, I've been in federal appellate courts where they, they, you, you have a light and you have 15 minutes, and that's it. Uh-huh. And, and the, the judges are up there, and then they're, they're pestering you with questions that you're mm-hmm. only partially prepared for. And the light is, you know, all of a sudden flashing yellow, you know. <laughs> and in mid-sentence it goes red, and they say, you can finish your sentence, Mr. Hockey. And, you know, that's it's a very humbling experience. Well, we wound up here with, a, what, a minute and a half, I think. <laughs> How about that? Well, yeah. I always watch his face because he's looking at the clock, and yes. I can tell when... I look at I that can, clock, I look at this one, and I go back and forth. And I can totally lose track of what we're doing, but if I, you know, I have to watch him because that's where the cue comes from. Yes, I can I mean, if we could be sitting here all afternoon mm-hmm. just chatting about yep. these things. And, you know, Rebecca is such a wonderful um, uh, foil and a, a creative mind. I mean, she hit, and I remember in Com University, People would write all kinds of wild things or just kind of, you know, very rudimentary things. And Rebecca always found something to work with out of every person's. You'd look at it and go, oh my gosh, this, uh, I'm not going to say anything. And, and Rebecca would say, I think that that, you know, this little, this image about this sheep yeah. is really something to work with you know go 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 work on that that's that i really like that and so what a wonderful co-host to to have well you know it's true i've always regarded rebecca as a special person but i'm not so sure now if she helped unleash you uh, <laughs> she has a lot to answer for. 
<laughs> Purgatory well. is your is your lot in life. Well. No, that's the cool thing about poems. There is almost always, even a really bad poem, something, you know, mm-hmm. something brought it to the speaker or the writer's head. And if you can figure out what that is, it's not a failure, you know. Right, Just, right. Well, I'll... Uh... I'll have to have you look at my poems to give me a critique. All right. I can't count on Dave. <laughs> but we counted on you being here, and you showed up, and we got four poems in. Yes. How about that? Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dale. It's good to see you again, and good to know that you're still writing poetry. Keep it up, pal. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Rebecca. You're welcome. And that'll do it for today. Uh, I'm Don Wooten. Rebecca, we, and I will be back here next week as we continue plowing our way through Poetry Month on Scribble.